This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, a good, wonderful Tuesday morning to one and all. It is Taz of the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. As we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. You've got Mike and Pete across the way, bogish with your updates. As we take you for the next three hours, we'll take care of all the baseball for you. Justin Tuck, a Super Bowl champion with the Giants, uh, former great defensive lineman, will join us in studio in the third and final hour. Good morning, Taz. What's going on, man? Uh, good, Moose. Good. All good. Uh, looking forward to having Mr. Tuck uh, in the studio here with us. That should be a lot of fun. And, uh, and yeah, we got a lot to cover in this episode, so it should be another great one. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be a good time. As, uh, you know, last night, the statement game by the San Francisco 49ers in the Monday night game, really not a ton to watch. I mean, they utterly and completely throttled the Cleveland Browns as the nation celebrated as Baker Mayfield struggled and throwing two picks and just eight completions over the course of the game. The 49ers holding the football for nearly 38 minutes of the affair out there at Levi Stadium, Taz, and complete utter domination by the 49ers. Number one, you know, when you look at the layers of the story, you know, besides, you know, how do we get there? I mean, we got there because they dominated the point of attack up front, offensive and defensive line. They ran the ball down the Browns' throats. They ran for 275 yards as a team, and they got after Baker Mayfield. But it legitimizes the 49ers coming off the bye week. They're now 4-0 through five weeks of the NFL season. And the other thing that it does do is it calls into question the kind of get-right game that you saw from the Browns a week ago against the Baltimore Ravens where your guy Nick Chubb ran all over the place down in Baltimore. Uh, And you thought maybe all of a sudden that uh, Freddie Kitchens and the Browns have found themselves. Well, last night they got thoroughly throttled, and there was not one. I mean, if there was one, there was about 150 people on Twitter that were celebrating uh, as uh, as Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. did next to nothing all night long. Yeah, it's uh, you know the way the game started. The first offensive play of the um, of the game for the Browns. I, you know, you thought something was going to happen where it was basically uh, Mayfield flips the ball to Beckham, and Beckham makes uh, throws the ball downfield completion to, to uh, Juice Landry, and it was very exciting. And that was really it, <laughs> kind of for the Browns. They didn't do nothing. They had nothing, and it's kind of like to me like the big picture is like what what is the deal like what. I mean, everybody was, uh, I know I was guilty of it too, of, of, of sinking in and my, sinking my teeth into believing that this Browns team with all this offensive power, firepower to have, and, and, and some good defensive players, that they would not be sitting two and three right now and just got smoked on Monday Night Football by the 49ers. I didn't also think that the 49ers would be 4-0 oh at this point. <laughs> I got to tell you. No. So uh, some surprising stuff came out of last night. Uh, and you're right. It was not an exciting game, but definitely um, – I saw a lot of people uh, exuberant and happy 
like you said, about the uh, about about Baker Mayfield and Beckham uh, not playing well at all, and and them going down bad in defeat. Well, right, getting humbled a little bit, right. and we'll get to the you know the the Bosa celebration, which was great. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Ohio State after what Baker Mayfield did in Ohio State at the Big Horseshoe when Oklahoma went into Ohio State um, and and beat uh, the Buckeyes uh, in Mayfield's final year uh, in college football. Taz, but I I, I guess the I guess the you know you give credit where credit's due. Uh, you know Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a head coach, um, and that San Francisco 49er team with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing for just 181 yards. It's not like he threw the ball all over the place. He didn't, uh, but he was accurate. Something that you did not see over the course of the preseason when he was saying, "Well, I'm trying to do some things that I'd never tried during the course of the regular season." Well, so far, you know what? That's been the case because he's not turning the football over right. like he did over the course of the preseason. You know, and I raised an eyebrow when he said that. I was like, "Ah, nonsense!" I mean, come on. Uh, you know, that's just excusing it, trying to get the pressure. Well, you know what? He's not turning the football over. And last night, he he did play a clean football game, but. They're here because of the ability to run the football, whether it be Breda, whether it be Tevin Coleman, you know, uh, Mostert. I mean, there have been a number of guys that have been able to run the football for the San Francisco 49ers. They're able to win the battle up front. That defensive line, they could certainly create pressure. There are things to look to like about what the, the 49ers and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done here with that program to believe that what we've witnessed here, and I understand they have not exactly played murderer's row when you look at their schedule. However, the style and fashion in which they've done it, you know, on the road, beating Tampa Bay, on the road, dismantling the Cincinnati Bengals. Then, fortunate, turned the football over five times and still beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then last night was kind of a statement game coming off the bye week. I guess, you know, you have to start to give the 49ers, at least I do, uh, their their props for being a 4-0 football team because they're playing quality football. And you can, what you witnessed, Taz, from my perspective is, I think it does translate. Like, it's not like they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're winning up front. And if you win up front, you could be a good team. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, history shows that that's a fact. And and they got that that other good uh, kid out of Notre Dame, the offensive lineman that came out with Quentin Nelson, McGlinchey, yeah. Mike McGlinchey. And he, you saw his athleticism as a big right tackle. How he can get out in open space and make blocks for this tremendous running back to have in Matt Breeder, who I, I'm not too familiar with him, i got to be honest, but I was <laughs> first play of the game, offensive play for the 49ers, when he busted out for like an 83-yard touchdown off, uh, off I think it was uh, probably in the guard tackle gap on the left side. And his speed, I think they were saying the announcers, they were saying they clocked, there was some kind of clock. 23 up, miles an hour. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, Highest highest in the league this, so far this year. Super, super explosion, first step explosion for this kid. Uh, had 114 yards uh, rushing yards on the day. So, and Kittle had a really good yard as uh, you know that really good tight end they have. So, you're right though. Up front they're getting it done, and I think McGlinchey's a key cog in that yeah. that thing there. And Mike Pearson's a real good guard to have there too. And Thomason is another good guard. So they got a they got a good team. They got a good offensive line. And and I, I tell you, I did like I said earlier. I don't. I did not expect them to be sitting four and zero right now. I didn't. No, neither did I, and 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 who knows? I mean, you look at that schedule. We also didn't expect Roethlisberger to be tearing up his elbow right, right. when the when the Steelers came to True. town. But uh, you know, and Pittsburgh in that game turned the football over. You know, how many times did they turned the football over? Five times in that game, I believe it was. I think it was five times. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they turned the football over a lot. So, or no, I'm sorry, the 49ers did, um, and and they still found a way to win the football game. So, I mean, Tazzy. 
I, I give credit to where the 49ers are, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I'm not telling you I believe in them more than, say, the Rams, even though the Rams are now 3-2, and two, or what Pete Carroll's done with the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, you can make an argument, you know, about looking at that NFC West now as, you know, top to bottom. You know, aside from the Arizona Cardinals, who finally got their first one of the years, you know, one of the best divisions in football. I mean, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Seahawks yeah. are all really good football teams. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, uh, you know... And I believe they're playing. Yeah, they're playing the Rams next to 49ers. So I mean that that's next Sunday. So <laughs> and that's a good one because the Rams are coming off two straight losses. That's right. And they're playing. San Fran's playing uh, down in L.A. So for them, it's down. So yeah, they got to go to Southern Cali to play play the Rams. Yeah, and, and you're right. They're coming off two losses. So that Rams team, man, they're going to be hungry. And this 49er team has momentum. After you said not playing for two Sundays with a bye week and stuff, and then missing yesterday, uh, this past Sunday, you know, obviously playing on Monday night, so they missed two Sundays. But so yeah, they, they, this, should be, this should be an interesting game coming up this Sunday. But no, I, I agree with you. Uh, the NFC West is definitely legitimate. I mean, like you said, you got San Fran four and zero, you got Seattle four and one. I mean, and uh, the Rams three and two. Now, obviously, the Cardinals are, are, are the, um, the the lowlanders in that thing there with the. The hot shot, Kyler Murray, they finally got their first win this past week. But, yeah, they're sitting at the very bottom. But, yeah, 49ers for sure. Because, you know, you would think that if they were going to play well, like before the year, you're wondering how Jimmy G's going to come back off the injury. But no one was thinking about that old line to the point you made or this running back, Breida. This kid is really, really, really a good running back, really good player. And he just smoked that <laughs> They smoked that Browns defense. Like, they weren't even there all night. He did yeah, that. yeah, the 83-yard touchdown run, which you mentioned, finished the game with 114 yards, and they're certainly happy to have Tevin Coleman back. He ran for nearly 100 yards on the ground himself, the former Atlanta Falcon, uh, who they signed as a free agent in the offseason who suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, week one did Tevin Coleman, and last night you saw that speed on display um, uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Then you get to the Brown angle, Taz, where – I mean, you look at Freddie Kitchens, and let's start with Mayfield, I guess, number one is. Right. Uh, this guy that set, I mean, he didn't, last year it was legit. I mean, he didn't start the year. Tyrod Taylor did. He steps in in the Jet game, and and he throws 27 touchdown passes as a rookie. Set a new NFL franchise, new NFL rookie touchdown passing record, right? Surpassing Peyton Manning, who threw 26 when he, in his rookie year as a member of the Indianapolis Colts. And it looked like, you know, what did they love about Mayfield? They loved his moxie. They loved the fact that he was an accurate passer downfield, uh, that he took care of the football, you know. And and you look at him this year. I mean, he does. He looks like the complete antithesis uh, of and the complete opposite of what we saw last year. I know. Uh, he, I know. He's not accurate to throwing the ball down the field. Uh, he's missing guys that are wide open. The, one of the interceptions he threw last night, Taz, he had – you know, he had the guy wide open going into the end zone. He throws it a little bit behind him, gets batted up in the air, gets picked off by the 49ers, and gets taken back not all the way the other way, but deep into Brown territory. Uh, he looks, you know, and I don't know, maybe it's the league, Taz. Maybe it's a case of him reading his own press clippings. Uh, maybe it's a case of him not doing the necessary work. You know, I but he has not played well at all this year. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I can't and coming off a rookie year in which he was uh, was really a sensation. Yeah. I you know, I'll be honest with you. I I think he's distracted. I think that he's he's got I mean, I know he's used to hype I know he was used to hype coming out of Oklahoma. I know he had a lot of hype on him. So he's used to media at at a younger age as a as a college athlete. I know he's used to the media being around him, but 
I think it's to a different level. He doesn't just have like media in the Cleveland, Ohio area all over him. He has media, national media for the past two years. He's got a lot of endorsement deals. He's, he's making a lot of money on all that stuff. I mean, you can't go anywhere without watching ESPN and seeing that one of those commercials. And there's a bunch of them, and I think they're great and they're funny. Where it's him that the, his house, his actual house, it's a funny bit. Is the stadium, the Cleveland Browns stadium? That's like his yeah, home, yeah, right. and it's very funny. I mean, yeah, mowing the lawn, yeah, exactly. trying to turn the power on with his girlfriend. Correct. Yeah, it, it's it's funny stuff. I think it's great, but I'm just saying that's just one example. I just think I know a lot of that stuff is done in the off season, but a lot of these other quarterbacks they're prepping during the off season. <laughs> they're studying film. They're working on stuff. I think he's just very. I think he has been. I should say, very distracted, and I think he's still distracted. I think he's more worried about his image. He's more worried about people knocking him. He's more worried about being defensive for his team and himself. I do think that that gets in the way of him really focusing on being, you know, a great player, which made him a great college player. Was his focus? Was his intensity? Was his de- desire? His dedication to the game? I'm not. I'm not implying he's lazy. I'm just saying I think that his distraction. He's distracted a little bit. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he made a throw early uh, in the first quarter, like way over Beckham's head. Like, just overthrew him. Beckham was wide open, like way over his head. I think he came back the next play and threw an interception to Richard Sherman. Yeah. Oh, no, he got sacked the next play, then he threw an yeah. interception. Yeah, I mean, and it was like, I mean, I know Sherman made a good catch on a play, but still it's like you, you, you overthrow your best receiver, then you get sacked or whatever it was, the, 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 the order of it, and then and then you throw a pick to Sherman. Like, I mean, you know, that's just a horrible way to start the game for yourself. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, no, you're you're not wrong. And, um I don't know if it's I don't know if it's distraction. It could be Taz. You might be dead on correct. Where his focus is not where it needs to be. Um, you know he's rem- he's been a remarkably focused guy, even with all the attention that he had at Oklahoma. He played really really well. Uh, maybe could the league have adjusted to him? I will say this though, Taz. The offensive line in Cleveland's bad. That's true. Um, you know, and you know when he drops back to pass, they you know as you saw last night. I mean, he's under duress a lot, and Rex Ryan could talk about this. Him being a one, you know, one read pony and all that, and you know, that's what he is as a player, and 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 try and get some burn off of him, Taz. But you saw last night. I mean, you know, they traded their starting guard for Odell Beckham Jr., and they've not been able to adequately replace Zeitler, who's now starting for the New York Giants. Um, and their offensive line has clearly regressed from where it was a year ago. And he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket at times. And maybe sometimes he looks like he's rushing. And I'm not to put it all on the offensive line. I know he's got to make an adjustment, as does, you know, you look at Freddie Kitchens. If you know your offensive line can't protect, then get the ball out of the hell out of his hands quicker. And and make sure you run an offense to where, you know, right when he hits the, you know, whether it be a five- or seven-step drop, that ball's getting out of his hands to where he's not have to, not these long developing passing routes and everything and the like. But, you know, I, it could be that he's distracted. It could be the league caught up to him. I don't think – see, the problem I have is people last night on, on social media test saying, oh, look, Rex was right. I don't. I think Mayfield's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, do I too. don't see. Yeah, I don't. I, do I don't look at. Do you look at Mayfield as being? We had this debate in terms of defining overrated. I don't look at Mayfield as being overrated. I, I, I think he's a really good young quarterback. I am surprised though that we're getting into week six here and he's not been able to find the rhythm that he had a year ago. He's last year. I mean that Browns offense really hummed. And to the point you have, he he to you making there, not only is it week six and he hasn't got his sea legs under him, 
He's got more weapons this year than last year. Yeah, great point. And you got Nick Chubb, who's really, you know, hit the ground running, pun intended. Like, he's really playing, you know, pretty good football. So you got that running game. You got a solid defense. I mean, solid defense. You know, Garrett, you know, I mean, he runs hot and cold. But you talk about being comfortable watching Baker Mayfield playing or when he's in the pocket or he starts rolling out. I mean, I think we got to, I mean, tip our cap to Nick Bosa. I mean, this guy had a great, great day. I mean, he could he could not be stopped. He made life hell on a Monday night <laughs> for Baker Mayfield. Hell. Oh, he did. It's unbelievable. And they had no answers for him. And then you get to the head coach of the Browns. And as much credit as you want to give Kyle Shanahan for the job that he's doing out in San Francisco, right? And he's doing a very, very good job for the 49ers, Taz. Uh, you look at Freddie Kitchens. And we debated at the time and went back and forth. And, and I didn't have an issue with it. I, correct me if I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you had a little bit more of an issue with Kitchens Kitchens the job. You wanted Greg Williams to get the job, I, correct? Yes, correct. Right. Yeah. So if, I, if memory serves me correct. Now, I get why they did it because of the offense, because of the development of Mayfield, because they probably felt if they did not give Kitchens the job, that Kitchens was going to be out the door and was going to be someplace else. Now... He's done a terrible job. Oh, I mean, bad. he has done. He he looks like a coach that's you know uh, you know that is quote unquote outkicked his coverage. Uh, he doesn't look like he's a. He doesn't you know the team doesn't play um, clean football. Uh, they're they're very penalized. They play a lot of sloppy football. Uh, you know they've had one game this year, Taz, where they've looked focused, uh, yeah. and that being the Raven game last week. Aside from that, uh, you know it's been an absolute slop fest, and I think I'd be concerned. If I was John Dorsey and that Cleveland Brown team about whether or not I hired the right guy with Freddie Kitchens because he's got all the weapons for this team to be pretty good. That's... And they're sitting here and they're not a very good football team. Now, Dorsey set them up, set them up with, with every every you know resource he could want as a player and, and as a program. And yeah, no, I I, I mean I, I think Freddie Kitchens stock has dropped rapidly. I mean rapidly. I, I mean you could do a one v one whose stock dropped more. You know, since the beginning of the year. Is it Kitchens? Is it Mayfield? I mean, you know, I mean, really. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's. I would say Kitchens in that one. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but it's I close. Think right. No, I think it's close. Right. No, it's, I, I agree with you. I mean, I it is close. You. you could easily argue Mayfield for where he was and where he is right now. And it has that, you know, you listen to him after the game last night, and it doesn't look like a coach that's really got many answers, right? He no. talked tough. You know, remember when his opening presser, yep. he was like, oh, seven and nine is not good enough. You know, it's not about yeah. being relevant in the second half. This is about making the playoffs and paraphrasing now, winning the Super Bowl. That's what we're going to be all about. Well, his team's not playing like it. No, uh, haven't played no. like it all season long. Ah, they're stinking, man. They really are. And and I got to tell you, you know, Baker Mayfield, he needs to really protect the football. Yeah, two interceptions last night. He fumbled the ball and turned the ball over because he was trying too much. Of course, the offensive line broke down on him, and guys weren't getting open and couldn't get open. So he was trying to – it's not like when he was at Oklahoma. He could scramble out of the pocket, you know, and, and he could scramble out of the pocket and, and make something happen. Okay, it's a little bit different now. These guys close, as you know, Moose. They close on you yeah. so much quicker so much faster yeah. than, than in college. And one of those guys that closed made a big old statement as well. We'll get into that next because it was kind of funny. And, you know, to the victor go the spoils, as they say, right? Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm trying to find out. I think Mayfield's leading right now in interceptions. I think so. I think so. My people are telling me that. Yeah, uh, he might but be. They could be wrong. He might be. No, you might be right about that. I haven't looked at that stat we'll in a while, but we'll you might be right about that. But uh, we'll get into uh, Bosa's celebration. We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose 
On a Tuesday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Player of the Week is brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done. This week it's Matt Breda. Uh, Breda to rush for an 83 yard touchdown run on the 49ers' first play as they run past the Browns, a 31 3 on Monday Night Football in Santa Clara. He finished the game with 114 yards and that score on the ground. Player of the Week was brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back when it comes to the safety and industrial supplies that keep your facility running. Get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. Well, elephants certainly have a long memory, as does Nick Bosa. Uh, because last night, uh, after a sack of Baker Mayfield, uh, Taz, he gave you a unique uh, sack celebration, uh, right? It wasn't the punching out of the heart, which no. we've seen from Jason Taylor or... You know, uh, some kind of uh, some kind of choreographed uh, dance with his uh, fellow defensive lineman. Mm. Uh, he did the old mock waving the flag and planting it on the turf in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. An ode to what Mayfield did as a player at Oklahoma when he beat uh, Bosa's Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus, Ohio. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, too. I really, <laughs> it was very funny. I mean, anything that can humble Baker Mayfield is great to me. So, yeah, I think it was great that he did that. And, and like you said, he obviously has a long memory playing, you know, playing at Ohio State for a couple of years. And he was banged up his last year. I think he only played like three games his last year. And he remember he was out hurt. Yeah, the core injury. Core injury, yeah. It was like yeah. Abdomen or in the costals, whatever injury, somewhere in the middle of his body. But regardless, um, I thought it was awesome. I didn't expect that. I don't think anybody expected it. I thought it was great. I mean, he did it. He did the whole wave thing. Then he planted it. It was it was tremendous. And the place went nuts. Everybody understood what he was doing. And uh, you would think that they were in Columbus, Ohio. But I was thinking about just imagine both campuses, you know, in 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 Norman, Oklahoma, how the kids from Oklahoma, how the players were feeling when yeah. they were watching <laughs> in their dorms or their apartments. And they were like, they were probably like, oh, damn, that's messed up. Where the kids in Columbus, uh, Ohio, that played for the Buckeyes in their apartments or dorms must be like, yeah, Nick Bosa. <laughs> you're right <laughs> about that. that. Just imagine the difference. <laughs> yeah, you're in, right. And while they were watching the game, I'm sure a lot of the you know, players were watching the game. Uh, but. Hey, look, it, 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 Mayfield shouldn't have did what he did, you know, for, for a couple, you know, a couple years back when he did that in Columbus. But you know, it, it was good. I mean, to me, and I think of sacks. It had nothing to do with Nick Bosa, but think of a guy who had a lot of sacks years ago. Mark Gastineau, if you remember from the New York Jets, yeah, the New York sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he used to have an insane like celebrate. He would get sacks and go berserk, like yeah. just go wild. And it was like yep. the hottest thing back then. It was like this huge thing. You know, and he just acted. He wasn't even like dancing. He just acted like an idiot. Once he got a sack. Well, he acted like a wild man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's People, no yeah, doubt. Oh, <laughs> exactly right. Awesome. As he was flexing and doing all that yeah, kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and for Bosa, um, you know, watching him last night, he might actually be better than his brother. Um, I think he and, might be. and that's saying a lot because yeah. Joey Bosa is a hell of a player for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, but uh, he, is, he is one hell of a young defensive lineman. And there was. You know, some scouts that looked at Bosa and said, ah, just how good is he going to be? Ah, maybe he's not going to be as good as his brother. Oh, I mean, you know, people were maybe down that he shut it down at Ohio State, the style and fashion, which he did, Taz. And, 
you know, Urban Meyer had that presser um, and he thanked the Bosa family for everything that they did for Ohio State football as both sons played there. And um, and um, watching that game last night, he is an absolute monster. Uh, as long as he stays healthy and he yeah. suffered that high ankle sprain in the preseason and he got shut down. Remember, we had that conversation at the time. Uh, he was a stud last night and he's going to continue to be a stud. And we talked about that celebration. Here is Bosa. Talking about it, how uh, how it transpired, how he came up with it. Take a listen. Well, I think everybody knows what that was for. Uh, just wanted to get payback. Um, <laughs> he, had, he had it coming. Probably yeah. during the bye. Me and me and my buddy Sam, who plays with the Bengals. Uh, Sam um, Hubbard. He played DN with me that year. Um, and he and I told him I was going to do it. And then he was like, hey, I was going to do it when we played him. Um, but I'm glad I... I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad we won and we dominated. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> very happy, you can tell. Yo, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. That is great. I got to tell you, I remember <laughs> when he was coming out, you know, and we were, he was so much hype on him in that draft. And I was not buying in. I got to be, I wasn't. I was not buying in. I was, I was wrong, man. He really, his hand speed is as advertised. They talk about how quick his hands are and, and they, they really are. And his intensity, his strength, he's got he's the whole package. And I do think he's better than his brother. And you're right, his brother's a heck of a player, but oh, I, I, think he's, I think he's better. Oh, he is. And, and John Lynch, I know, you know, four games is just four games, Taz, and we've got a ways to go. But, you know, Lynch, who got a little bit of criticism early on out there at San Francisco, um, you know, with, with maybe how he handled free agency or the drafts, he's got that program and that got that team on the right path. Yeah. No, he really does. Um, and they put on an absolute show last night for the nation as they just basically stomped the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and beat him 31-3. to three. Look who's here. Bogus is in the house. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Moose. Taz, Al, Pete, Mike, America, good morning. Uh, here's your report. It is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All four of baseball's division series could have ended yesterday. But only one did. Glaber swings and hits one in the air to left. Cave back on the track. He's at the wall and it is gone. Glaber Torres just hit one in the left field seats and the Yankees are on top. It is Glaber Day. And like a good Glaber, Torres is there. And because the Twins <laughs> laid down again to the Yankees in the postseason, we have plenty more of that in our future. John Sterling on WFAN. Glaber Torres with that solo shot. Two doubles, three runs scored as the Bombers finished off their three-game sweep of the Twins. 5-1 in Minnesota. It defies logic. The Yanks have won the last 13 postseason meetings with the Twins. They have dropped 16 consecutive playoff games overall. The Yankees now wait on the Astros and Rays. Tampa Bay forcing a game four tonight with yesterday afternoon's 10-3 home win. The Nationals dropped the Dodgers 6-1 after the Cardinals took a thriller from the Braves 5-4 in 10 on a Yachty Molina sack fly. So we've got game fives in Atlanta and L.A. tomorrow. We've got questions about the Browns after a 31-3 shaming in San Francisco on Monday Night Football. Just eight completions, just 100 yards for Baker Mayfield. He watched his team's final possession from the sideline for safety's sake after four sacks and eight more hits. I'll be all right. I think the, uh, you know, just the general nature of that game, just a physical game, so... I'll be good. Mayfield threw two picks, <laughs> lost a fumble, while the Browns D allowed 275 rushing yards. 
Running back Matt Breida scored on the ground and through the air for San Francisco. His team is 4-0 and for the first time since 1990. Fresh comments today from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver as his league continues to battle the fallout from Rockets GM Daryl Morey's pro-Hong Kong tweet last week. Silver wanted to dismiss the idea he doesn't support Morey's freedom of speech, but acknowledges that Morey's words will have severe consequences for the NBA in China. The beleaguered Rockets on the court right now facing the Raptors. They are in Tokyo, and the Raptors have a 33-30 lead late in the first quarter in preseason action. Now, last night, the Knicks won their preseason opener in Washington after forward Marcus Morris was ejected for knocking wizard Justin Anderson on the head with the ball, with Anderson playing some tight D. Morris said Anderson said a few things as well. And then Morris said this postgame. My team needs me, you know, I got smarter, I set a better example, but, you know, like I said in the beginning, we're not taking no so, it is what it is. That's good. I mean, that's, that's how you want to be. It's a preseason game. Well, the, but that, but that's and how it this should be. dude's getting the video, the video is hilarious. That's how it should be. You know the what I mean? Vi- when he, he, first off, you think he hits him with the elbow, and then right. Justin Anderson's looking over at the ref saying, what, what's going on Help here? Help me, sir. Yeah, and then he literally <laughs> takes the basketball and just drills him in the middle of the forehead. It's a big brother move. It's almost like when you put your hand in your, your little brother's forehead and he's punching, but he can't reach you because right, you've exactly. got the, the reach difference. You might as well have just given him noogies or a purple I mean, nurple or that, something. It was very funny. Uh, uh, Morris presumably will get punished. We'll see exactly how much. Uh, finally, some hockey last night. The Blues, a 3-2 win in Toronto. The Blue Jackets have their first win of the young season, 4-3 in overtime over the Sabres. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, we talked a lot about the Monday night game, Taz. Yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, uh, Bruce Allen uh, met with the media. Um, and it was a quick presser uh, as they <laughs> announced the firing of Jay Gruden and you know, when we hit the airwaves yesterday morning, we had breaking news, Taz, as Jay Gruden was called into the uh, Redskins offices at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> right. And walking mm. into the room was Daniel Snyder and, and <laughs> Bruce Allen. Yeah, you know something's uh, as up. He, right, as he then promptly gets fired. Uh, and Bill Callahan takes over. Here is Bruce Allen yesterday talking about the change. To make a decision like this is uh, a difficult. Sure. <laughs> but it was necessary. Our 0-5 start. It's not just disappointing. It's, it, we had much different expectations for this uh, beginning of the season. It is 0-5. We have uh, 11 regular season well, games left. And we still can accomplish many of our goals. Really? There's no one in this locker room who's going to quit. No one in this organization who's going to shy away from some extra work. <laughs> I got to tell you. I don't know about Bruce Allen from the whole of the world. I never met him, but he sounds like a very uninspiring guy. I would not want to be around him ever. He sounds like just a goof. Uh, what an d- insincere, uh, phony man. Yeah, I don't, uh, Taz, uh, it's comical. Oh, it really crap. is. Here is Bill Callahan, who ironically enough, and give a little shout out to Speakerphone Jones, because we didn't mention this yesterday, oh, really? uh, as he uh, sent out a tweet uh, and tagged all of us yesterday and deserves a little credit. Bill Callahan replaced John Gruden in Oakland with the Raiders, and now he replaces Jay Gruden in Washington. Speakerphone Jones, good job. I didn't realize that. that. There you go. So that's a nice little nugget there from Speakerphone Jones. Here is Callahan, the offensive line coach, who's now the interim head coach, talking about the road ahead. We're still evaluating some medical things with Case. We want to see where he's at. Uh, Still contemplating uh, whether or not to uh, start Case or Colt, and we're in the midst Mm. of those discussions right now. So I think a lot of it will have to do with 
with Miami and the defense and what they present and what gives us our best options. Yeah, I mean, that's a barn burner. Dolphins, skins, go get it this oh, week in the National Football game. League. Yeah. I mean, that is one. I mean, you that's have another line in that game right highlight now? Highlight all the action. I do not know it offhand. I do, I, I'm, I'm, gonna find I did yeah, not, I, I'm just curious what it is now. I did not look at the how, line. How do you think it is? I'm looking, I'm looking, I have it right now. Um, Miami's home. Yeah, I would say Miami is a three-point favorite. You're close, three and a half. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how'd you so, think that? How'd you get it? That was pretty good. Uh, even team. Even you know, both mm. of them stink. Usually, you give the the usually the, the, the line starts with three for the home team, laying three. Wait, hold on, I said it wrong, Moose. What'd you say, Mike? I have here uh, Washington minus three and a half. Oh, well then that, that oh, I was dead wrong. So wow. it's six and a half. So they, I, I would take I the Dolphins. I see what I messed up on. Uh, I would Talk take the Dolphins. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike's right. Okay. Where do you, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I would take the Dolphins. Too, I would take yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah. I wouldn't bet the game. I mean, I wouldn't bet the game. Even if I had money to burn, I would never bet that game. Yeah, but Dolphins, if I would, Dolphins plus three and a half. If yeah. I would take it, I would take Miami plus the yeah, three I'm and with a half. You. Now, Taz, it's interesting. So, yesterday, I, I watched the, you know, because I had to watch it as a Skins fan, the Bruce Allen presser, and right. then, you know, here's here Callahan and the like. And they, you know, kick it back to the studio at the NFL Network. Right, and you've got you know you've got uh, um, you know the usual. You got Charlie Casserly, Brian Billick, Ian yeah. Rappaport. Right, They're, those are the three that are breaking down the yeah, skins' job. Right, and takes. and they you know they ask the they ask the question. You know, is this a you know is this a job that's you know coveted? You know, would you want this job? Mm. And they're all like, yeah. I mean, there's only thirty jobs in the National Football League, and you know it's a desirable job as long as you believe in Dwayne Haskins. Well, I mean that's a First and foremost, you have to believe in Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback. You know, I don't know how – we talked about it yesterday, Taz, and you were running through names and saying, well, Urban Meyer or Jim Harbaugh right. or Urban Meyer was a Mike caller. Leach. Jim Harbaugh, right, Mike Leach. You know, they're going to go and investigate and take a look at all the college coaches as well. You know, throw David Shaw in there from Stanford. Sure. You know, you really think one of these guys that are in a, you know, Great program in college. Say they have aspirations of going to the National Football League. This would be the job they take. I mean, you know, I know, I know, jobs only come open when the team is struggling. I get that, but they are an embarrassment of, of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Why would you take that kind of a gamble? Because you might, it might be your only opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League. If you, if you've got other opportunities, or teams have kicked down the door on you, you know, and and said, oh, would you be interested? Like someone threw out to me yesterday, Lincoln Riley. Yo, Lincoln, I said that on the Lincoln show. Riley, yeah. right. I said Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Why would Lincoln Riley, if he has aspirations of going to the NFL, why would the Skins be their job? Be the job well, he goes for? I, I understand your point. I totally do. But you know, sometimes like if there's if there are not a lot of vacancies, and to the people's point, where there's not a lot of spots, they don't, only only what is it? You know, X amount of people in, in the world have a head coach job as the NFL, right? So I think it, I think that's it. It's the challenge of it. It's also. Um, there might not be another opportunity for a couple of years. You might not want to wait. You might believe in yourself so much and the staff you can bring in if they're going to allow you the resources that you might want that challenge. I mean, I, that's all. I'm just giving you a no, different you're counterpoint right. I mean, on it. You know, you know what, Taz? That, that's it. I, but if I am, okay, I would put it this way. If I'm desirable to the fact that I know I'm going to get another opportunity. Yeah, but when you say you know like that's the thing like well because if i believe but if i believe in my ability enough to say that i could turn that program around i believe in my ability enough to know that i'm going to continue to run 
a very good, successful college program that NFL, another NFL team will come calling at one point. Can't I have the same belief that way then, too? You can, but it's like getting, getting musical chairs. So if someone, if the Redskins offer you to, if, if the Redskins go to, uh, I don't know, if, they, if the, let's say it is Lincoln Riley. They go to Lincoln Riley and they say, hey, you know, uh, we want you to be the head coach, blah, blah, blah. And he says to himself and his family, his agent, I don't want this job. I want to see if there's another opening for a better team or a better program or a better quarterback. Better organization. Yeah, right. No, I get it. And but but then you run the risk when you say, "Yeah, I appreciate it, but I'll pass." You run the risk that sure. you might not get that other spot. That's no, the only you're thing. you're right about that. It's a gamble. It's but a musical chance. You're so. you're right about that. I'm not telling you that it's written in stone that you will get another opportunity. But I guess my point being is that if I am gonna if I'm gonna leave a highly successful college program. Are the Redskins the opportunity that I would leave that program for? The short answer is no, they're not. But yeah. but well, no, you're right. I'm not. I'm not disputing and that. that. And that, yeah. that's the that's the thing. Like I, I don't. And I I grew up a Skins fan. And and Taz, I, I if I were advising somebody, I wouldn't want to get involved in that with Bruce Allen, Daniel Snyder, and the way that team is run, and they're in another state of dysfunction. I don't think I'm set up for success. But if you get a guaranteed deal, oh money, I get it. You get. Multiple years yep. to, to, to change things around, and you get a, a pad of hey, the first year we understand you got to bring your guys in here, your players, your this, your that, your system. Then you know it could just be it could be desirable. It is an NFL head coaching job. It is. You know what I mean? You're right about that. No, you're not. You're not. Would wrong. you rather be the head coach of the top XFL team, whatever team that's going to be, or the head coach of the Redskins? Well, that's I, I'm you know that's a little. I mean, it's a little bit different. I mean, don't you think? I mean, when you look at the in terms yeah, of I salary, just, I'm going by your hatred for everything the Redskins do. Just well, yeah, I do. I it's mean, so it's like I'm trying to no, I through it a little bit. Well, here. no, I get it, I get it, Taz. But if I'm a, okay, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm not crying poor. I'm getting paid a lot of money. Sure, Jim Harbaugh is getting paid a lot of money. But you if know, you have uh, goals, yeah. though, right? If you have goals like the David sure. Shore or, or Lincoln, sure, Riley, I, you know what I mean, yeah, I, I get it, Taz. But in order, in order to uh, get to those goals, I have to have the proper support. If I look at the oh, Redskins yeah. right now, yeah. and, and does does the way their their business model is run lead you to be a successful head coach? No. And and listen, Taz, I, the question I was going to ask you is, you know, Casserly talked about it. Yeah, it's a highly desirable job. Brian Billick was like, yeah, it's a highly desirable job. But he gave you the little caveat. You have to believe that Dwayne Haskins right. is your quarterback. Right. That you you have to. And that's the other thing I want to throw at you is, say if you're a coach as well and you don't like Haskins as a player mm. and you don't like him as a quarterback, you can't take the job. No, well, you, you well, well, you could you could take the job and you could hope to get Tua. If you if this team goes, you know, uh, they don't win a game, and you get two are coming to that draft next year, like something like that. Do you think and, that? Do and, you think, and that's like a Josh Rosen thing that happened in Arizona with, with Kyler Murray when when uh, Kingsbury came in there. Now true. Now you know the owner wanted them to draft Dwayne Haskins. They drafted Dwayne Haskins. Will you be available? Would you be allowed to draft two at number one overall? If you say to you, if they just invested the fifteenth overall pick to right. Dwayne Haskins because. You know, they painted a picture yesterday on the NFL Network. Well, you've got to get a head coach that you know you believe in, but also believes in Haskins. Then I think, aren't you not only then aren't you limiting yourself to the prospective field out there in yeah. terms of saying because say uh, for argument's sake, Urban Meyer's interested, All right? 
And then he's like, listen, I don't like, uh, you know, I know I he had Haskins Fromm. at Ohio I want Jake Fromm from right. Georgia. That's I, who I want. Right, yeah, that's yeah. who I want, yeah. right? Haskins was good for me at Ohio State, but yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe him as a college quarterback. And maybe that's a bad example. Uh, you no, know, but I understand. You know what I mean. You know, I don't know. You limit yourself a little bit. Funky. I feel bad for the Haskins kid. He's just in a horrible spot. Oh, terrible spot. Horrible spot. He really is. Uh, but it doesn't look like he's playing this week. As Callahan told you, it's between McCoy and uh, and Case Keenum for the Washington Redskins as they get set to take on the Miami Dolphins. We'll get to your calls at 855-212-4227. Do you think the Redskins' job is a desirable one? Do you like the humbling of Baker Mayfield and the touchdown celebration by Nick Bosa? I want to hear from you. 855-212-4227. Taz Moose on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. You know where you're at. 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Uh, let's go out to West Virginia. Talk the Buff. Listen on 94.9 FM. Buff, you're on with Taz and the Moose. What's up, man? Good morning, gentlemen. Or should I say stiff? What's up, Buff? What's up, man? Hey, I do have an office, so I can say that. But anyways, mm. I digress. Hey, Moose, you yeah. want Mike Tomlin? Take him, please. <laughs> please. And if we can call you out of a draft pick for it, that would be even all the better. Yeah. Mm. Why, did, why are you so down on Tomlin this year with all the injuries? It isn't just this year. His decisions over the years have left a lot to be desired. I think he's had the talent to overcome it. Mm. And now that they don't have it, things aren't going right and it exposes him even more. Hmm. Well, and and we talked about that a lot last year. Um, and you're going to go on the whole, um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, what do I like about Mike Tomlin when I look at him as my coach? I mean, I, I do think he has the year of the team. Um, you know, I, I do think he's a, you know, a very, very good motivator, uh, a good representation for the Steelers organization. You know, you look at it, and Taz, we looked at it, and, and you know, Buff is not the only Steeler fan that was critical of Tomlin. Remember Bradshaw a year ago, yeah. uh, ripping Mike Tomlin, saying basically he was a cheerleader on the sideline, yeah. and it, and some of his in-game decisions are very, very questionable. And well, they're, one and four, they're one and four. I mean, they're, they're one and four. I mean, they're, Well, they're this, year, yeah. this year I give them, I mean, yeah. you know, you lose Roethlisberger, you know, and then and, and then you lose off. your backup yeah. quarterback yeah. to a concussion, and you know he's going to be out a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, so. you would you would think so. I mean, it'd be miraculous if he if he's back in in short order. But well, um, we appreciate it. You know, I, do you look at? The, I, I don't necessarily look at this year as a representation for Tomlin. Um, you know, they could have won that game against the Baltimore Ravens. We didn't even get into it yesterday, Taz. I mean, you had that bogus, lame, rough in the passer penalty yeah. in that Ravens Steeler game, which helped the Ravens continue it a drive, which allowed time. them to have yeah. the game tying field goal late by Justin Tucker, yep. where the defensive lineman, you know, twist. I mean, it wasn't even. It wasn't even that bad. It takes him to the ground by the legs. I understand you can't hit a quarterback below the knees, but. It wasn't a violent hit. It was almost a clutch grab and twist to the ground. He he fell gingerly to the ground, and they threw a penalty on him. You know, you know, there's going to come a point in time where Mike Tomlin's days as a Steeler are going to be over, and I get Buff is frustrated by him. I take him in Washington. I'll tell you this. Mm. You know, you want to you want to give me Mike Tomlin? Yeah. I take Mike Tomlin. 
Yeah, he's a guy who's, he, you know, he knows how to run a team as a, as a team manager, and I, I agree with you. He is a motivator. By the way, I, I threw out before we went to break. I was talking about Baker Mayfield's interceptions. He is leading at eight. Well, there just, you go. Just for FYI, for everybody out there that heard me say that. Yes, yeah, so he's leading, and Matt Ryan's right behind with seven, as is Goff with seven. So, so for those that are wondering. I mean, Matt Ryan's head, and that Falcon team is having a terrible year. Um, That's, uh, they really are. I mean, they I really just, are. They they got, are. <laughs> Quinn's going to get fired. I, you got Julio Jones on the team. And Matt Ryan is not exactly a stiff either. Like, you know, like. I mean, in history shows, he's been a pretty good player. I mean, Matty Ice Jones. I you know, mean, and, and the, the sad thing is, Taz, I don't think he's ever going to get back there. Mm. Um, I don't think he's – I think they're going to have to live with that 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl where they collapsed against the New England Patriots. I, right. I think that's going to hang on them for the rest of their lives. And that's a tough one because uh, I thought at that stage that that game was over, right? Yeah. Quinn and, and the offensive staff at that time are basically saying run it up. Um, and they had every, and they even when the Patriots came back, they still had an opportunity to win it. Um, as you go back to that Super Bowl, that's one. Taz, I, I think the championship window for them is closed. I, uh, I think you're right, man. Uh, I gotta tell you, look, you got guys like Snoo on that team, Julio Jones. I mean, you know, those guys were. It seems like yesterday they were both known as like tremendous wide receivers. Isn't Julio Jones like one of oh, the Julio's highest paid? Great. I know he is, but like. I, I don't understand. Like, I mean, Matt Ryan. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on there. Well, the offensive line struggled, and the defense is a sieve. Yeah, yeah. The you're defense right. is awful. Yeah. I mean, they are. They have, they have played awful football. They really have. Yeah, they um, suck. Yeah, they've been awful. They're a bad football team. Yeah, There's are. no other way to cut it. They're a bad football team. Even with Arthur Blank saying, "I have confidence in this coaching staff." They've done it before. Let's see. It'd take a miracle for them to turn this season around. We got a little pigskin pileup on All a right. Tuesday morning. Coming right. your way next, Taz Moose. You know where you're at, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 